Well, ho, 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 and hello. I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It is Today is the 26th. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, Christmas Eve, holidays in general, whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope has went well for you and yours. Uh, mine was terrific with the fam. Everyone is home. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, just to touch on that real quick, obviously I did not have a show yesterday. Today I'm going to go over all the Week 16 action. Uh, tomorrow we will do Mike Renner. Friday we will pick all the games. I'm not sure what I'm going to do Thursday. And Thursday is going to be my in-laws Christmas where we go to my wife's mother's house and father's house and with her brothers and all those things. Outside chance I won't do one that day, but probably we'll get something done in the morning. I'm not sure what. It'll either probably be Twitter Thursday or maybe I'll do Power Ranks that day. Uh, but it'll probably be a quick show and tell you about some sponsors in the meantime as well. Um, so Saturday, I mean, we've had three straight days of action here. A lot of, lot of football. You know, hopefully you guys got to enjoy it. Ravens beat the Colts 23-16. They are now in the driver's seat. It looks like the postseason is very much in their future. Colts kind of fell apart here. Uh, T.Y. Hilton got loose. They brought they blo- brought uh, they blocked a Vinatieri kick that was huge. But I think the story here is Flacco. Flacco's playing much better. Looks healthier, more comfortable. Um, is cutting down on the turnovers. I mean, that is the absolute biggest thing here. And the Ravens could have had a couple more turnovers and made this a little uglier than it even was. But they were pretty much in control the whole time. Give the Colts credit, though. They played hard. I mean, I know Pagano's probably going to get fired, and I know I'm partial because I was with Chuck. But I think he's a good coach, and I think these players play hard for him. And it shouldn't just be dismissed as, boy, oh, you know, they're just rolling over. They're, they don't have any talent, and they're playing a good team pretty tough. But back to Flacco, not turning the ball over. Being a little more aggressive, particularly on first down, you know, manageable down and distance situations or throwing the ball against predictable coverages, uh, taking some more shots, being a little more aggressive. Like I said, looks firmer in the pocket. Um, this game was all about throwing to running backs and tight ends, but so be it. Um, the Ravens offense is far from perfect, but again, well-coached team and they're starting to play heck of a lot better on that side of the ball, that's for sure. Also on Saturday, the Vikings shut out the Packers. First shutout in a while, 16-0. And this was just basically domination. I mean, and really, Hundley, I threw I threw a tweet out there, something like, man, how many inaccurate passes are we going to see from Hundley today? And several people wrote back saying, well, the accurate ones aren't working either. <laughs> you know, it was pretty funny, really. I forget how it was phrased. Because his receivers were utterly useless, you know, without Devontae Adams. They rested, a lot, not rested, but they had a lot of inactives in this game, including Jari Evans, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry. Totally overmatched. The Vikings are a very good team. I think they're probably the best team in the NFC. They can play it pretty much any way you want it. You know, this wasn't Keenum's finest performance, but it didn't need to be. It was basically all about the Vikings' defense. And the Packers' offensive ineptitude. Bears beat the Browns. The Browns are now 0-15, coming to Pittsburgh next week. And 
a very good chance that they will be winless. Um, Jordan Howard didn't do much. He had 22 carries, 44 yards, and I think that's always an indicator of how the game goes, but he scored twice. Kaiser with more red zone interceptions. Duke Johnson was a contributor. Not a ton to really take out of this game, and honestly, I didn't watch a lot of it. Was 6-3 at the half, and the Bears pulled away in the second half. Kaiser not playing well. I mean, this Browns team, say what you want. They should be they should have a win or two. I mean, like, they're not the worst team I've ever seen. I mean, Coleman and Gordon and Njoku and Duke and Crowell and a pretty good line. I mean, and Miles Garrett and some young guys. I mean I'm going to be writing an article for the score. I just got the assignment, so I haven't thought much about it, but they asked me to the five worst teams in the league, could any of them make like a Rams-like turnaround? And I'm not saying that I'm going to pick the Browns or the Bears, but I urge you to check that out. You know, could two or three things fall in line for one of these organizations to put them right back in the thick of being relevant? And you could envision that. Bengals, back to being relevant. I mean, let's give them some credit. They played really hard in this game. Marvin Lewis's last home game. They go to Baltimore to finish the season. Uh, they are now what six and eight, six and nine. Sorry, uh, Gio Bernard I think was kind of the story here. Played really, really well. Lions had some injuries, that's for sure. The whole right side of their offensive line was out. But this was a bad day by the Lions. Bad day by the Lions. It needed a win. I mean, against a team that has not been playing well. And yes, the Bengals deserve a lot of credit. There's no doubt about that. Um, they played hard when they needed to. There's no doubt about that. And I'm impressed with the... I don't want to say Geo and Mixon could be Kamara and Ingram or Freeman and Coleman, but that could be a pretty lethal pair. And I think it's easy to forget how good Bernard is at times. I mean, especially if they can add a lineman or two, you know, and who knows what the next scheme brings and all those things. But Lions should hang their heads a little for this too. All right. All of you that had Todd Gurley in fantasy are really happy and probably won your Super Bowl. All of you that played against him probably are not. He ended up with 118 rushing yards and 158 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I think he's solidifying himself as the league MVP. I know it's hard not to give it to a quarterback and Brady, but Brady's been kind of slow lately by his sta- by MVP standards. Gurley has been a stud. Goff was awesome in this one, too. Threw for over 300. Four touchdowns. Rams win 27-23. Had this game pretty much in control from the start. Uh, Ended up being a little closer than I think the game indicated. I I think changes need to come in Tennessee. I've been saying that for a long time. But the Rams are a really interesting story. Uh, they are now 11-4. and four. Titans are 8-7. and seven. Need help now to get in the playoffs. The one thing we'll talk about going into the playoffs, obviously, but I'm really interested to see, Ram, if, assuming the Rams host a game, what's that crowd going to be like? Is it going to be a heavy away crowd? You know, or are the Ram fans going to show up and, and back this team? They certainly should be. This would be a fun team to root for. Chiefs, 29 Dolphins, 13. Doing it like they did before, but not with the bells and whistles. But it's Smith playing well, efficient. It's Tyreek Hill with big plays. It's Kareem Hunt with consistent production. 
It's a good formula. I mean, it, it wouldn't blow me away if Kansas City went into New England and upset them and, you know, win a game at home and then go to New England and upset them. I mean, this team is playing well. The defense is much more respectable than it was for much of the year. It's it's a pretty good group. That's a tough game for Miami, obviously, you know, to, to go into Kansas City at this stage of the game. Uh, they were overmatched by you know, a pretty big degree. Patriots Bills twenty. They win this game thirty-seven sixteen. New England. They're they're one more win away from clinching the first seed in the AFC. But this was close for a very long time. It was thirteen thirteen at the half. Um, the big talk was there was two highly controversial plays. Uh, Charles Clay drops a touchdown, and then they hit Benjamin in the corner of the end zone. And after their Steelers game, it obviously got a lot more scrutinized. The Benjamin touchdown got reversed, which, frankly, I did not agree with. Uh, there was a stage two where it looked like Deion Lewis on fourth and short was short of the sticks, and the refs decided to overturn that. Um, I have a... Maybe we should talk about this next week when there's not as much to talk about, but some rule situations. It better be... I mean, to overturn a call to me should be... Plain for all of us to see on replay that, oh, clearly that's overturned. Boom. I don't need to spend 10 minutes under the hood. Boom. We missed the call. Overturn it. Like, that wasn't the case at all with the Benjamin situation. Like, I I think they got the Jesse James call right. I think they got this Benjamin call very wrong. Falcons are now in a little bit of trouble, obviously. Sitting at 9-6. and They lose 23-13 to the Saints. Um... Julio went crazy and had a really good game. Ryan played well, but almost like their statistics look better than what they really did in this game. Um, Lattimore had a big interception in this game, too. Um, Really, there's not a lot to take from the box score, but you look at Atlanta, and something's missing on offense. And I've heard really good film analysts say that the running game, and this is well said, I'm stealing this thought, but I very much agree with it, that the running game and the passing game are not playing off one another like they did with Shanahan. Like, if you watch the Niners, the run game sets up the pass game, the pass game sets up the run game. The Rams are a great example of that. New Orleans has done it for years. Atlanta and Oakland are two teams I think are very disjointed from that perspective. And not to mention, too, that Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback, but to expect him to play and put up numbers like he did last year is unrealistic. I mean, we're going to look back at his career and say 2016 was the best year of Matt Ryan's career. And it's a really good career. Maybe it's a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. Um, but now the Falcons are going to have a tough one. And now they're, well, now they're in a tough situation. I look at the NFC, and I, if they do get in, I have a hard, I mean, maybe they could go on a run. They're fast defense. Saints... If they can have some home games, that's going to be a really tough place to play, of course. Um, Chargers beat the Jets 14-7. Melvin Gordon got hurt in this game. And seven, Week 17 is going to be important for the Chargers, sitting at 8-7. and seven. Jet season's done. Um, Rivers, I thought, played pretty darn well. Blau Powell ran well in this game. Gates is still involved, unbelievably. Uh, Keenan Allen's still a star. I think Hunter Henry would be a nice mix. But if you if you don't have Henry, you don't have Gordon for the postseason. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm going to sour on the Chargers a little bit. But they can rush the passer off the edge. They got a number one corner. 
They took care of business on the road. That in itself, I think, is really impressive. So, I like the Chargers. You know, like you guys know, I, I, I picked them to win that division. I've been their corner all year long. Special teams is a huge problem. They're on yet another kicker with the Chargers. Crazy. Washington 27, Denver 11. It looks like we're going to see Lynch next week. Wow. Uh, I thought Cousins played a very good game. And I wonder if Elway's sitting there going, we need to get that guy. <laughs> Can we convince him to come to Denver? Can we make cap room? There's more wrong with Denver than just a quarterback position, but that's crippled the team. The offense in general is pretty darn inept. But the defense deserves a little heat too. I mean, I do. Th- I feel for them. They've never no team, no defense been put in worse situation than Denver's. But they're not stopping people like they used to, and you see that throughout the year with teams like that. That the defense just can't do it. You know, more than a dozen weeks in a row, and eventually they just start to uh, get beat up and living on the field and hanging their heads. And give Washington credit though. I mean, they they, they won this game pretty handily. They're now seven and eight. They've had a lot of injuries. It's a quality team, quality organization. Panthers squeak one out over Tampa Bay, 22-19. Two things I took away from this. Well, three. Mike Evans is starting to get back involved, and that leads me to Winston. Winston threw for 367 in this game, but this is two games back-to-back where he looks like a franchise player. Yeah, he could value the football more, and he's going to have turnovers in his career. We know that. But... You know, I mentioned that article I'm going to write. In Tampa Bay, to me, the most encouraging thing to end the season is Winston looks like what we want to see. You know, like this is the guy we need going forward to keep progressing. I mentioned last week, I hope he finishes the season strong. He looks like he very much is, even though the season is shot. Panthers, their run game is an issue. You know, the, just like their base run game. the Handing it to Stewart and McCaffrey, base personnel, first and ten, those type of things, just isn't there. And Cam bails them out from that way. I'm 52 yards in this game. And the, they have to play that way. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk of what do you do with Newton? Let's save him. We don't want him to take the punishment. No, you run him into the ground. Because to not have him be that great runner, and he's their best runner. I mean, he is. And I like McCaffrey a lot. Um, but their ground game's going to have to go through Newton, and then they're tough to play against. But they need more from just the plain base personnel, base running game. They're not getting it, but it's a good defense. I think the Carolinas, I think Carolina can win the whole thing. Niners 44, Jags 33. And I thought Jimmy, who I love, and you guys know I love, would come back to earth here and be under a ton of pressure, and just the supporting cast would be overmatched. Wasn't the case at all. Um, really was phenomenal in this game. And actually, so was Bortles. I mean, both these guys played really well. And the Jags came roaring back and almost made this a game. I mean, there was... I didn't realize this. that There was 35 points scored in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, this was a game that looked like, you know, Niners jumped up on them 10 nothing before you knew it. Um, one takeaway, though, and this isn't to take anything away from an impressive Niners-Jimmy performance, yet another, but I think it's important that a young Jags team learned that the Titans lost before their own kickoff, and I bet there was a lot of celebrating in the visitors' locker room in San Francisco, and I'm not saying they took the Niners lightly, but... You know, I mean, human nature is human nature. And this is a young team that hasn't won in a million years. And I bet they 
went on the field in San Francisco going, yeah, baby, we got the Division One. We're in good shape. And maybe their mind weren't, wasn't where it needed to be early in this game. That's not dismissing the Jags at all. They got beat. They deserve to get beat. But you can kind of understand it a little bit, too, on the road. Seattle 21, the Cowboys 12. I thought there'd be a lot more points in this game. And frankly, I wasn't impressed with either offense. I was not impressed with Dak Prescott in this game. I, I was not impressed with Dez Bryant. Wilson was up and down, but as usual, no running game to speak of. Um, Seattle's still in the hunt. 9-6, Cowboys season is over. And some bad breaks for the Cowboys, I get that. But I thought they would get this win, and... I didn't feel like it was, a pl- you know, like sometimes you see two great teams and you're like, boy, that was like watching a playoff game. That was a playoff caliber team. I kind of watched this game and was a little underwhelmed with the product that neither one of these teams really was that impressive to me. Cardinals were impressive. 27 nothing over the Giants. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, nine catches, 118 yards, another touchdown, just churning it out. I mean, what a pro. And they, they shut out the Giants in Arizona. And... Giants Ingram got banged up. Uh, they did very, very little on the ground. The offense was overwhelmed pretty much from the start. I thought Shepard would do more, didn't. Cardinals, I've said this a couple times, Cardinals and Washington are two teams I have a hard time commenting on. Like, where are these guys? You know, they're, they're one more win and they're at 500. They can play with anyone. They have holes. They're going to be one of my fun, most fun teams to analyze in terms of off-season needs and how I'm going to address this and you know where do you go from here, what do you do at the quarterback position. Arizona's a really interesting team right now because just because their old guys are old doesn't mean that they're bad or done. And Larry's a perfect example of that. Not going to harp on this because you know, it is the Steelers, but they beat the crap out of the Houston Texans, 34-6. to Um did whatever they wanted on offense. Uh, the Texans went through two quarterbacks. Uh, they're totally overwhelmed. The Steelers, the one negative from Pittsburgh was they got run all over, mostly by Alfred Blue and a bad offensive line. And I think that is a big problem. But I also think, and Tomlin addressed this today, that he the game plan was if they're going to run and eat clock and play small ball, they're not going to be able to keep up with us. We can't let Hopkins and Fuller beat us for big plays. And they didn't, and they played really well. Hayden played really well. If you haven't seen it, Hopkins made absolutely one of the catches of the year. An unbelievable play. But, I mean, the bottom line here is Steelers took care of business on Christmas. Texans are really bad. I mean, really bad at this stage of the game. This Raiders-Eagles game was also sort of underwhelming. Um, It was kind of like I mentioned with that Seattle Cowboy game where the Eagles won in the end, 19-10, and they also got a garbage touchdown on the crazy throw ball back to try to stay alive play, and they end up scoring. But this was close from the start. Foles was bad. I mean, both quarterbacks. I'm not going to throw a car into the bus, but Foles really did not play well. I thought this was a really sloppy game, start to finish. A lot of giveaways, more than I would say takeaways. Um, Raiders played well, and they hit Cooper on a big play. That was good to see. I mean, he's been about the most underwhelming, disappointing player in the league this year. I thought two other stars came out in this one. Zach Ertz, 
kind of as usual. I'll clear Mac too. I didn't, didn't mention him, but he he had he he did some really good things in this one. But I thought Ertz did really really well, and I thought Lynch ran really really well. And kind of like I said with Larry, I hope Lynch comes back next year. I think he's still a really good player. But where I'm going with this is, and it's the same as the Steelers, the two close two Christmas teams from PA. Run defense might really haunt these teams come playoff time. And if we end up do doing a power rank, I can't say I put the Eagles in the same class as the Rams, the Vikes, Panthers, Saints. I mean, I'd probably put them right there with the Falcons and Seahawks and Dallas and those type of teams. But Foles worries me, and the defense is starting to show some problems, particularly against the run. I wanted to mention Chris Long, too. He was really fun to watch in this game. I mean, good player. Uh, nice pickup. Deep defensive line. That Eagles D is quite good. Um, but, again, the run defense was a little worry, a little, little bit worrisome, and that's starting to be a little bit of a trend. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas the day after. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. And drop me a line on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL.